Welcome to the power of makeup. This week, your host Lan talks to singer, dancer, choreographer, actress, and television personality Kimberly Wyatt, along with her husband, model, and broadcaster Max Rogers. Hi guys, hi Kimberly, and hi Max, and thank you so much for joining me on my first podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having us. It's brilliant to chat. Thank you for your time because you guys are just like very busy, you know, um, family and everything. And you know what I'd want to share with everyone that knows me. Um, you know, we've collaborated separately on both scales. Kimberly, with you, you were one of my first sort of um, celebrities. And uh, Max, you were, you know, we met a very long time ago, and it was from a one of my very sort of big collaborations in terms of big shoots, you know, and um, and working with male actually men, and um, so you know I want to touch about you know how we collaborate in those times, but I just start off with Kimberly because you know I just want to know a bit more about you on your childhood and your sort of to where you got to because obviously you were part of one of the biggest girl groups in the world. Um, Obviously, people can find out about that, but just like who influenced you when you were growing up, you know, in terms of your image and the looks, because you do have your own stars and you're quite creative and experimental. And the one thing I realized was when I worked with you, you know, you just close your eyes and just let me do my thing. <laughs> and that was it. You said nothing. And I just had to do it, you know. So, yeah, just give me an insight and everyone else about the relationship with makeup. Well, that's the thing. I love working with creative people and I love finding people that have their expression and they really know what they're doing and they come with their ideas because I love collaborations. And I think that's why I was so willing to lean into you is because I, you have such a plethora of ideas and creativity and you kind of use the face as a canvas and can create new characters and bring out new nuances of personalities. And it was nice to be like, okay, create something new let's find a new part of me that you see and you kind of started that journey for me and of course reading your books which I was a huge fan of and still am um I felt like we had a real connection when it comes to beauty and being able to just try new things and being really creative with it um as a child I was really I wasn't I wasn't the most confident of girls especially when it came to my looks I didn't look in the mirror and see beauty unfortunately but when I walked into the dance studio and I could start learning choreography and, and dancing, I fell in love with what I could do and what I could do with my body and what I could create and creating costumes and ideas to music. And of course, then bringing the beauty element of hair and makeup to these big shows is kind of where I really found my calling when it came to beauty. And for me, makeup was everything. When I found makeup, it was like I could finally feel beautiful. It was like the whole process of of creating that perfect liner or finding that color or being able to cover up the acne because I had horrible acne. And of course that takes a big knock on your confidence. Being able to create and be artistic within beauty was when I really sort of found myself. And um, I've always been experimental probably because of the performing artist within me. It's always been about creating a picture on stage. And so I've always, 
from a really young age, from like the age of seven, I would go to school and hide like my blue eyeshadow that I would wear on stage in my bag so I could run into the bathroom and put my blue eyeshadow on. It looked horrendous, but that's my beauty was coming from a completely different end of the spectrum. And then I was lucky enough within the Pussycat Dolls to work with such amazing creatives like Matthew Anderson, who I think is really brilliant and helped create RuPaul and sort of throw myself into uh, the likes of Orbe, who was just brilliant at hair and created the Mohawk look. And through Pussycat Dolls, I met so many amazing creatives that I was able to sort of trust in them bringing these new looks out. Andrea Lieberman, when it came to style, like all these people helped me find the punk doll image that the Pussycat Dolls for me as an individual became. And I think, um, as far as like being able to lean into different characters and being creative with it. Um, that's kind of where it really, where it really started. And then there'd be models like Agnes Dean, who I really thought was brilliant. Kate Moss was the very first one who had those incredible high cheekbones and the way that her eyes were, you know, I was never like the all American girl. I never fit that mold and I knew that straight away. So it was those, even Uma Thurman, there was these beauties out there that just were a bit left of center and just a little bit different, but still had beauty that sort of inspired me to, to find my own beauty. And then, um, yeah, it's being able to become punk doll through working with these amazing creatives and the Pussycat Dolls then opened my eyes to creatives such as Vivian Westwood, um, Agnes Dean, like I said, and, and, and researching sort of the, the punk history and seeing where it comes from. And um, that sort of set me up into just being able to play. Like I like beauty to be just a big creative play. That's when I have the most fun. And that's what that's quite interesting that you said that because obviously you said like with the acne and having all these sort of issues and covering up with makeup, you were so experimental. Whereas when I was going through a similar thing when I was growing up with bad acne, for me it was about covering, but I wouldn't experiment as much because I was like, oh my God, I just need to cover my acne and that's it and just disguise it. But then as I got older and I got a little bit better at makeup and maybe a little bit more confident, I started giving myself black eyes. <laughs> you know, I started. That's to... the thing. I was like, I like my eyes. So if I can put makeup on my eyes and make those the things that stand out the most and try and cover everything else, they won't notice. <laughs> deflection, deflection. And, um, That's it. And it was so interesting, you know, when we worked together as well, that you, um, you ended up actually coming up with a brand as well. And it was like mineral makeup. And I feel like, you know, you were a bit ahead of your time. When I'm looking back now of your creation and we were working together and, and you came out with this brand that was all mineral. I, I don't remember any other brands being like that. And it was so natural. I mean, what made you get into that? Because, you know, you're traveling the world and doing all this and then all of a sudden you had a makeup brand, you know? <laughs> we don't seem to respect time very much in this household whatsoever. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, but if, it's, if it can be done, it will be done. We'll find time somehow. That was really rooted. I always loved makeup because of being able to be creative and cover my acne and create characters and, and performing. Um, but sustainability became a huge part of my life and nutrition because of my acne, you know, the Accutanes and all the topical things out there were not helping. And my job and my role as a pussycat doll was at stake. I had to figure it out. And the one thing I hadn't really looked into was changing my nutrition and the things I was using on my face. And um, so I started this journey into completely swapping for all these processed sugary foods for going to the farmer's market and going organic and going more sustainable route. And it really did start to do the work. It started to start to clear my face. 
um, working on my stress and anxiety and finding the things that made me feel full of purpose. And a big part of that was, you know, falling into my passions and loves, one being makeup and hair and being a doll and being able to create something that was as fun as everything I'd experienced in beauty and makeup, but something that really would stand for something. And for me, that was the mineral makeups and using something that was a bit more natural that had the zinc oxides. It might help those that have acne, but still give you the coverage and still having those beautiful, bold colors, even though it's coming from natural ingredients. And uh, a big, another big part of it was that we still had the, uh, we were still testing on animals throughout the whole world when it come, came to the, to the beauty industry. So using this creative palette of my own brand, Beautiful Movements Cosmetics, or BM Beauty as it was in its inception, to sort of um, spark some awareness of just what was going on in the beauty industry and, and try my best to do my part in, in having a purpose and making that change. And luckily within a year and a half of starting the brand and getting out there and campaigning, we did pass the EU ban against testing on animals. And then that kind of lost our unique selling point and other brands that had a lot more money and business sense and, and big people in power and in play sort of took over. And I realized, you know, the, the little guy is, is going to struggle. And for me, of course, having the, uh, the juggling act of doing so many different things made me realize that the business end of beauty and makeup was not going to be my, my biggest point, my biggest strong, my, my biggest strong point. <laughs> Oh, it's such a shame because I never knew like, you know, that was the reason why you sort of called it. But um, I still have your products and I still love them and uh, the shimmer and everything. But I've saved them because just archive, because again, it was like there's only a handful of products out there that is based on that. And I think, yeah, in terms of creating a powder and being, you know, artistic as I am with all the reflection and the, the juminess that you did create with it. It was amazing. And um, yeah, I'll always keep it just in case, you know. <laughs> Might be worse. Yeah. Who, who knows? Who knows? Um, so yeah, so I just want to touch then on Max. You know, um, you know, we're not going to how you met, um, <laughs> but in you terms, were there, weren't you? You were there. I was when there. We yeah, when you two met. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah it was close yeah. your life, wasn't it? Yeah, and I was trying and I remember, to warn you off, Kimberly. <laughs> <laughs> do you know when we first when we first met actually? And we were first dating, sort of, we were keeping it under wraps. We didn't really want to go public or anything. Kim would text me because I was in all the magazines for Hilfiger at the time and she'd be reading in her chair and apparently you and Claire would be going, oh, look, there's Max. And Kim would be like, oh, yeah, he's the guy from Clove Show, isn't he? And little did anybody else know that we were actually dating at the time. <laughs> Cheeky sods. <laughs> well, we saw a guest it. We saw a guest it because she had a different glow, and you know that's uh, an, one thing I think is another form of beauty and self confidence is that, you know, as everyone knows, when you find the love of your life or you know there's somebody that gets you, uh, you just can't help it, right? You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, oh, look at you, the way you're looking at each other now. <laughs> three um, kids. It's <laughs> a different glow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Three kids. Yeah. I get it. Um, so let me just rewind back because, like, Max, I knew you when we were, uh, you were quite a big deal. I mean, at the time when I called you in, I just loved, there was you, there's Anthony, there's a group of you. And you're yeah. all pretty um, fit, you know, and um, in terms of, like, your body, you all looked after yourself. You had this business that you used to go and host parties and do lots of things together. But I just was... Um, 
remembering our shoot and I still remember because I loved it and it was quite a big production you know this I don't know there were six of you like you all sort of support each other six of you and then I think we had three or four girls and we created this massive shoot and um just in terms of you know being a guy and yeah. you know and you and you guys were guy guys you know with makeup you know what was your relationship in terms of for, for me, with makeup, I like you said. I mean, I I I I don't necessarily take it as a compliment or otherwise that the group of who I am as a person, I'm athletic and I'm quite a masculine kind of a guy. But I I I I think of that in a very specific. It's almost my own definition of that because when it comes to things that are seen as feminine, like makeup and doing your nails and dressing flamboyantly or anything like that, I see that as a self-expression that's within me that I. I wouldn't want to deny in any way. Like I loved, I think, I think dressing up, some, sometimes I don't dress up, I can't be bothered, but sometimes I love the idea of dressing up and going out. It marks an occasion, it marks a moment, uh, whether it's a photo shoot or a dinner out or anything like that. And I would find it really strange to restrict myself in any way uh, on that. So, so if I see a jacket that I like the look of that's wild and I want to wear it, I'll wear it. If I've decided that I want to wear some makeup, then why would I not? If I want to shave my head or have a mohawk or whatever, why would I not do that in, in, the, in, in, in the pursuit of self-expression and enjoying yourself? And then there's the other factor that I, what, I am a model and I, I was working with the best people, yourself included. How can you not take any inspiration from any of that like some of the looks that you gave me I remember once we had like a black line right across my face all the way around there and I was and, and it was just it was just fun like it was you wouldn't go to the bank looking like that but it was just fun to do those sorts of things how would I not then go and recreate that on a night out for for, for fun um so I think that sort of and I, I really like the, the conversation about makeup because it does give you a chance to talk. People think masculine, feminine immediately. But for me, it's nothing. It, people are people and self-expression is the most beautiful thing. So that's how I feel about makeup if I'm up for it. At the moment, I don't really wear much because it, do, it doesn't sort of suit the style that I'm into at the moment. But I would happily go back to it because it's so much fun. I mean, and you, you always had, what I loved about, you know, having you guys around, like you always had an opinion as well about makeup, which is quite nice. Like you're, and you know, just as a guy on grooming, um, you know, do you notice like bad makeup? Cause you know, for men, it's not like you see a lot and you'll have the creative stuff or you'll have the just natural everyday stuff. Do you actually notice as a man, like between a good makeup artist and a bad makeup artist? Or is oh, it just a, Oh, well, one, on myself, 100%. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's people that somehow, uh, it's yeah. I have I have uh, my own tastes on myself. I don't necessarily know if I walk around looking and seeing bad makeup, but I do see good makeup. So I, you know, I, I have styles that I really like and appreciate. And again, when I'm on set and I see something, whether it be on a guy or a girl, and I like it, I'll take that away with me and and take pictures show Kim and say look at this what do you think it does interest me I don't know if I'm quite astute enough to see bad stuff I don't know I don't know if I'd know what I was seeing I'm not that like smart at it but I know if I see something good I'm going to figure out what that is and how you do it and take it away with me because you're always complimentary as well as Kimberly you'll always say like if you think it's good or maybe it's a bit off I've heard you before, like, give your opinion and stuff. Yeah, I, yeah I, I will as well. And there's been times where she's been on set and I've, I've said, 
that's not right. You need to change that. Never with you, obviously. But yeah, I, yeah, I do. I, I would find it very difficult. I don't, I don't know if I, whatever I did in my life, I don't think I'd be able to just stay passive. And I've been around the fashion industry and all these incredible creatives for my whole adult life. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to survive if I didn't have an interest in it and an opinion on it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you've graced all the catwalks as well. And you've worked with all the top makeup artists too. So. Kim was just mentioning, funnily enough, and I was like, oh, I've been in there, I've been in your book, I've been done a runway for them, I've done all this sort of stuff. And it is, it, 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 how can you not be inspired by that or interested in it, you know? Yeah. What about you, Kimberly, in terms of, what? like, bad, what's good and what's bad? Tell me, personally, oh. on, on, on your scale, what would you say would... You know, because you know your face I'm more than anyone. Picky. I'm really picky and particular, especially when it comes to makeup. I have a really, I believe I have a really good face for makeup, but people can either get it really good or really bad. And um, I think the, the biggest tell is like I've got almond shape eyes. So you have to kind of work with that shape of the eye. And not, not everybody seems to get that. Same with like, I've got nice high cheekbones. Those have to be sort of a nice big feature. Um, my lips have always been a thing it, as long as they're like light and uh, sort of flirty rather than too dark of a color when it just makes them look really small. There's just certain color palettes and certain uh, visions that make my face look amazing. But I, am, I have always been really particular because not everybody gets it right. I think what you just, what, you, what Kim just said there, it leads into my, I have the same experience and I think it's, it's really important to work with the face rather than against it or hair or anything in terms of styling. If you've got, if, when I had the big hair like this, if someone tries to change the curl in that hair, it's gonna be a complete mess. And it's the same with the face. Often I do, I'll do makeup and it's like they're trying to blank everything out to make it a, a complete canvas. And it just, look, it just ends up looking awful. You've got, the, you've got the person's face, you've got Kim's eyes like that. Don't try and change the shape of her eyes, work with it. That's how, so, so that sometimes happens to me. <laughs> I remember one time there was this makeup artist that really, you know, I like to try things, don't I? I like to like go for it. And I'm always open to trusting somebody's creativity because I love collaborations. But there was this point where somebody got really excited about Punk Doll and creating something exciting. And it was like orange and yellow, which could be great on the eyes. And then it was like yellow liner and mascara. And I looked like a sea urchin <laughs> and there was no way to fix it. <laughs> and at that point, cause you know, there's five girls in the pussycat dolls. It takes a long time to get everybody ready. And we'd usually have two people for all of us. So if, if I've gotten a full face done, there's no way that I can start over again. So usually if it's not right, I just go to my room. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and I try and fix it myself. But there, this particular situation, was horrendous. <laughs> no, I just added black, you know, just cover it with lots of black liner and tried to get that yellow uh, lashes off my, it would have been great for an editorial, like in the right situation, shot by the right person, it could have been fantastic. But on a stage for a performance, you don't want like sea urchin eyes. Lan, have you ever found yourself halfway through a job and realizing that you perhaps got the wrong idea about how this was going to go or or do you as a good makeup artist always it always goes roughly how you want or if you have, I just imagine you getting halfway through a face and thinking you know what my idea about this was wrong I'm gonna to have to backtrack here. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes and no because like 
because I do things in layers, I tend to do what I know. And that's how I tend to be quite quick. As you know, you probably have experienced it, that you know, I tend to go for the things that I do know and the things that I'm unsure about. In my head, I'm actually working it out. So as much as I'm doing all the things that I do know, in my head, I'm trying to figure out, holy crap, this idea may or may not work, but how am I going to get around it? So I'm doing all this exactly at the same time. And then as soon as like I apply, I always say, and as <laughs> close your eyes, <laughs> and then I try, try it, and then I'm like, no, 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 it's not going to work. So I'm like, oh, okay, keep your eyes closed, you know, and then <laughs> you don't see it. But then I'm panicking around and just getting all the things that's going to fix it, you know. And I try and, you know, make it work because if I'm working with celebrity or people that are in high fashion and stuff, I feel like, you know, I don't want to put myself in that position where they can't trust me. So I do whatever I can, you know, to make sure that they're at ease and confident and I just deal with everything inside, you know. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'll get there somehow, but because I move so quickly... <laughs> uh, yeah. They'll never know. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, you'll never ever see it, ever. You know, when I'm panicking, you don't really see it. I just, I'm just like smiling and just moving very fast. But inside, I'm like freaking out. But, you know, as time goes on, but that's why, you know, when I do shows, you know, I, you know, Max, you've seen me do loads of shows. And Kimberly, like, if there's 10 models, 20 models, 16 models, I just move so fast because then I tend to go back and try and fix things later and go revert and walk away and then come back. And um, there was something, you know, Kimberly, um, I remember um, I asked you a question. Um, and, you know, I like to learn from being critiqued, you know, and you never used to critique me. You just say, oh, do you think that maybe that would look nice or can I have this or that? And I remember asking you this question, like, um, you know, you never ask people to change things, you know. You're so nice. You let people just get on with it. And then I did say to you, and it's all stuck by me, and I said, do you not ask or tell somebody if you don't like something? And you were like, no, I don't tell them because at the end of the day, they say they're a makeup artist. Um, if they say they're that and if I don't like it, I just don't book them again, you know? And to me, that made sense. And that put me on my toes because I was like, I can't take that risk of ever being wrong, you know? So it made me a better makeup artist, actually, because... You know, you were my first sort of major celebrity and the fact that you could tell what I was doing and you'd always comment on what I've done, um, you know, always sort of gave me the confidence to keep pushing it and stick with it, you know, and keep working and keep creating looks for you, you know. Um, so in terms of that, like, for your confidence, for both of you, you know, obviously it makes a big difference, right, in terms of getting on stage and doing stuff, you know, having a good or bad makeup. Um, so just leading on to and you're refining those creatives you do have to sift through a lot of ones that sort of fail or don't sort of see the pictures in your head but luckily like you're one that is very much at the top of my list that is so quick gets it so fast comes with ideas you, you can be really collaborative and a lot of times you bring ideas and i'd be like yeah you, you just have it and being able to sit in a chair and just sit back and focus on my job while other people focus on their jobs because I can trust them. That's when you feel like you're working in a well-oiled machine. That's when you feel like the industry is brilliant, but that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. The number of, the number of makeup or hair or something like that, this happens in acting as well, that don't realize that you're doing your job while you're sat in the chair. You know, there's, there's, there's a persona you have to bring to set. 
And sitting in the chair is the transition between the person who arrived in the morning and had their coffee and the person who's going to be on set. And sometimes you need you need space or time or music or whatever it is or conversation or whatever it is. And there's an intuitiveness about good good groomers, makeup artists that understand that straight away. Um, so that makes a big difference. Massively. And then it sort of brings me to obviously now, you know, you're both successful in what you both do individually. So how did you end up working together? You know, <laughs> not many people do, you know, but you've been quite successful in the projects you've done together as well. So who sort of created that? It's another one of those things. I think that the way that we both live our lives, I'm constantly thinking about ideas, most of which I don't even have any any plan plans to do. I just enjoy thinking, creating. And Kim's very similar as well. Plus, Kim's an incredible canvas to be creative on. You know, she's so talented, looks incredible, um, and, and, and is incredibly professional and good, good to work with. So if I have an idea, I can literally, we can literally do it. And, and you know, obviously we get on well, we're married. So it just, it was just, a, it was, again, it was a no brainer. How would we not start working together? It was, it's what we like talking about in our spare time. And you kind of came with a level of uh, your your interest was in writing scripts and in producing and sort of directing and you always had that sort of want and wish and you'd worked with lots of brilliant people yeah whether it was photographers or creatives and me coming from my world it was kind of like bringing the best of both worlds together yeah. and being able to create nice little projects which was really fun it was fun we our, our first project that we did our first official proper project which you worked on then was the short film t for two and for some reason you must have spoke about it recently I it's did. just had this little revival online people keep pinging it to us and it's great and we we devised winning short film babe yeah award-winning showing festivals and it, it, it we devised that on holiday so that was our holiday coming up with that idea so when we're on holiday that's what that's what happens and so i think that that's quite telling in the, in the fact that when we're most relaxed and fun. most that's what we do for fun yeah. Literally, yeah. And we happen to find each other that are both weird like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing that you have that relationship. And then, you know, throw the kids in the mix. Like, hello. Yes. I mean, the dance studio is being <laughs> built now. You know, that can be a studio. That can be whatever we want to make it. And yeah, we are quite a creative family. And you can already see the sort of performer in a few of our kids kind of coming to life. And a few of them. A few of them. Just loads. <laughs> They're all in the place. <laughs> But the, also the creative side as well, like Willow, she's, she constantly wants to be making videos as well as being in videos. She wants to, we, I started doing a Depop page for Kim um, and uh, during lockdown and Willow wants to shoot and she wants to know what, Daddy, what's the detail going to be in that shot? And Daddy, are you sure that the light's right with this? She's six. But Styling she's just, and makeup and hair. Yeah, she's picked all this up it. from kind of watching us. And it's lovely to have the kids involved like that. I think it's so nice to hear, like, because you're both super creative and you have the family thing going on and the kids and you're collaborating together. And you're like a whole big hub of creativity. Um, like, how are you, like, if you're thinking about the things that you've been through, you know, like the good times, bad times, like, how are you, what are you doing to um, keep your kids, you know, are you going to support them to be in the same industry? You know, because some people are like, no, I want them to go and be opposite. Like, how are you keeping them, <laughs> you know, in it or out of, out of it, you know, like. I mean, my intent with even the first pregnancy was, you know, science, architecture, there's so many things out there they could explore. 
but when they are immersed within our creative worlds, you can tell that they are inspired and then you don't really have a choice. Like it's up to us to create opportunity for them to try different things. And when you see Willow really interested in dance or acting or singing or whatever it is, you can't help but support and just see and nurture and see where that sort of goes, but, but still create other opportunities to try other things as well. One of the best, I'll say this point and then I'm going to go get the food. One of the most, the only reason Kim is lucky is because she figured out what it is she wanted to do early in life. And that's what I hope for from our kids. Whatever it is, I don't care what it is. And when they find it, we're, it's our job to support it, whatever it is. That's what I think. I'm going to go get the food. <laughs> that's lovely. Uh, Kimberly, do you want to finish that conversation? Um... <laughs> Yeah, and um, you know, I don't know what's to come with Maple or Senna. They're both quite young, but I mean, Maple's got a superhuman body with her flexibility and strength. So if she does want to go into gymnastics or dance or football or whatever it might be. But yeah, it's just about creating that opportunity. And if they, they do tend to want to be in entertainment, like I've got a plethora of experiences and contacts and, and know-how where I'll, I'll want to support as well as protect them. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And can she do the leg up thing that you do? The maple, the middle one, she got it. Yeah. Willow was in belly with one leg above her head the entire nine months, hence being breached and having to have a cesarean. Maple is just flexing. Yeah. Willow's determined and she will get it. Um, and she's quite flexible. But Maple was born with that madness gene where she could just fold in half. I just love the whole positivity and everything and um, just to sort of wrap up a bit um, in terms of like you know a lot of cre creative people don't really talk about family that much so it's so nice to hear you two talk about it and be so inspiring about it and quite um, supportive of what's happening. Does it remind you like your childhood of you know, when you had those dreams, you know, does it take you back to when you were younger having that, do you think, you know, depending on how your life was at that time, is it coming back full circle? Because they always say, when you try and avoid something, it still comes back around. Like, what sort of influence? I mean, personally, not even a tiny little bit. Like my, I, I what I love to, what I love is, and I, I'll bring back to my point about Kim finding out what she wanted to do. I still don't really, know what I want to do when I grow up <laughs> you know and, and, and I consider that but I can I consider it to be a gift to figure out what it really is that you want to do I do lots of different things and I love all of it but as a kid if you know what you want to do you can channel that and then drive through it so I didn't really have that and actually there was because of that a complete lack of opportunity and lack of like, I never have imagined the lives that we've got so I do love the fact that our kids are we are committed to no matter what department it is that they want to be, if they want to be, you know, the world's most successful accountant, we'll figure out the people they need to be around and how to do it. And I, I hope, it, I, I would have loved that for myself, not that my parents didn't do a good job anyway, but I, I really want to, I really want that gift for my kids, which was different to how we had it. Mine sort of yes and no. I was really lucky to have a grandmother who was really supportive and made sure that I, continued my passion of dance and supported that. And my mom as well. Um, but also we didn't have a lot of money. So 
when it when it when things got tight it was a determination to figure that out and go and do car washes and go door to door in my crown and sash for miss dance america and ask businesses and people for donations to help me get to to nationals and and do my competitions and things and uh, my mom would bake cupcakes and cookies and i would go sell in it so i think in a in a way like i'm so thankful for my mom and my grandmother and the strength that they instilled in in chasing my passion but when it then came to like continuing that and going out in the big wide world like there there really wasn't support it was a huge lack of as well as a, a disbelief in it so i had to really dig deep and and um believe in myself and just go and figure it out and make it happen and um, know that for most of that journey, I was completely alone. And to some extent, I still am. But instead of feeling like a victim of it, it's really sort of embracing what that has instilled in me. And now really wanting to support my kids and do some of the things that I'm so thankful that my family gave to me, but also be there in the times that they weren't and, and create changes so that cycle doesn't continue. I really wanna be a change in their life and be there for, for them through thick and thin and believe in them for forever, really. <laughs> I, think it's probably, I think it's probably tough for parents who have a kid who's going into the modeling industry or the dance industry or something like that, who, who ultimately want their kids to be all right. Having had no experience of those industries, which not many people do, they'd probably be slightly concerned because they have no frame of reference. And I know that it, it took my dad three years of me being a pretty successful model before he stopped saying, when are you going to get a proper job? And, and it's just, he literally had no concept that I was going to be okay in this world. Um, so I, I think I'm, I'm glad that we will have the perspective again, even if they go into something we don't understand, I'd like to think that we'd be like, well, they'll be okay because we know that you can be okay in a slightly different industry. Brilliant. Um, so any final um, words to um, anyone that's listening in, in terms of like, you're both successful in your own way in this industry, you're navigating so many places. So maybe what is the most, important um thing to have like if you were to give someone like one thing you know to take away for them to empower them to um, keep going on and you know to be as successful what what's the one thing that they should um do or go to or embrace or you've got to have a, an ability to sort of trust your intuition because you, you have to trust your passion you have to trust that you have what it takes and you have to be determined obviously to make it happen um, we the entertainment industry is an industry of can'ts and closed doors and no's and you have to have the persistence to go and open those doors and figure it out and take on opportunity even if it's not the ultimate goal taking those stepping stones and trusting that you'll you'll figure it out and listen to that intuition in order to get there so i think if you you do have those dreams and you have the tenacity um just the ultimate trust in in yourself really my, my, it's a similar thing, but my experience, and I'm fortunate enough with hindsight to know that I managed to do this, is to stay ready because you can be knocking on doors and getting nine doors slammed in your face, but one door will open. If you're not ready on that day, if you say to that person, oh, you know what, I, just give me a couple of days to hit the gym or I went out on the weekend, so I, 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 maybe we could do it Tuesday the door's never going to open again. And you will potentially only get one. If you're lucky, you'll get two big breaks. 
but be ready for that big break. It's not a case of just sitting around and waiting. This takes work. It takes a lot of work before you get anywhere near the industry to stay sharp and stay ready. You will get your break, but you've got to be ready when it comes. I love that. Be ready when it comes, because it is going to come. <laughs> yeah, it will. You will probably have to knock on, and I say nine doors, it's not. It's like a hundred, <laughs> like, you know, and, and maybe more. But that hundredth door or that 200th door, when it does open, they are not going to accept it if you're like, okay, brilliant, thanks. I'm just going to go and take five days to finish the script or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much, you two, for your time. Absolutely enjoyed um, listening to you and thank you for giving the insight um, to your incredible lives. And it's so nice to catch up. And um, you can go in and enjoy your takeaway now. <laughs> Dan, it was lovely to see you. It was so nice to see you and chat to you. Like, it's been incredible watching you accomplish so many amazing feats and become at the top of your industry and such a, a voice of empowerment for beauty. And I'm so inspired by you, babe. Do you know, Lan, I, I, I work with a lot of makeup artists now and it's a new generation that have come through now. And I talk about people that, that this and your name occasionally comes up and people are in absolute awe. They're like, you are like everyone's inspiration. The next generation coming through, they're like, what, you like, you know Lan? I'm like, yeah. And I walked in the trailer for filming Almost Never Series 3 at the minute, and they had your book, The Power of Makeup, sitting there. I was like, oh, that's my mate. Oh, <laughs> and that's I, so cute. I'm in the book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my husband. Oh, yeah. that's so well, good yeah, to hear, because you don't really hear, you know, you don't know until someone tells you these things, and it is nice, isn't it, to have that recognition and yeah thank you so much for sharing that for the day <laughs> put it in the trailer that's yeah. the one <laughs> make yeah. sure that one goes on instagram <laughs> brilliant oh thank you so much guys for your time honestly and uh i look forward to seeing what you come up with next and i'll be watching from afar and your lovely family grow and become i don't know what's going to happen but i've got a funny feeling it's all going to be out there the whole lot um yeah so Thank you again, and uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Lots of love, babe. Good luck with baby number two. Yeah, yeah good thank luck. you. Thank you.